guys, hello and welcome back. I'm Jojo Fraser. It's time for a Mojo Injection, episode 158. It's so nice to have you back in the Mojo Den, a place where we can take the masks off and just totally keep it real, show each other who we are, um, connect, and yeah, just, you know I'm about straight talking and I know so many find that hard. Um, it can be hard to be honest in this world. We're so conditioned to keep things back, to um, tick boxes, to be a certain way to fulfil roles. But I do know from all my research that speaking out is so healing um, for ourselves and others. So this space is always has the intention of encouraging you to be more compassionate with yourself and it was so interesting at the Wellbeing Festival last weekend hearing Paul Gilbert who's been on this podcast before speak about what compassion actually means. Now Paul is the founder of Compassion Based Therapy and this is huge groundbreaking healing work and he defined compassion about that desire to address suffering. I put a whole blog about it so you can check that out on mummyjojo.com all about some of the key findings from that but I also got to get up on stage and to do um, some mojo work and to help encourage others to be more compassionate with themselves and embrace that little bit of magic we all have within us I got a couple of lovely guests to join me on the stage Um, Zoe from MacFit who's been on this podcast before Zoe has been a great encouragement to me over the years with my running, with training for marathons, half marathons. She was always such a a wonderful coach and friend to me, um, encouraging me to kind of push out of my comfort zone. She's taken me to running tracks. She's held my hand. She's challenged me when I've perhaps been really stressed. I remember being out for coffee with Zoe shortly before I took on well. So it would have been... early January 2020 and we were going to meet for a run but I'd forgotten my trainers which probably shows the state of mind I was in back then just so busy spinning plates run 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 trying to please everyone else but not my not taking time for myself so I'd forgotten my trainer she said we'll just go for a coffee and a wee walk we'll have a chat and I remember over this um coffee just saying to me are you all right like are you okay and I just started crying and I said no you know I'm not you know I'm sad Scott and I aren't getting on great there's stuff going on I I couldn't quite pinpoint there was just stuff going on as well and I wasn't I wasn't in a happy place and I was trying to be that positive person but I wasn't in a happy place and I always remember you know Zoe just giving holding space for me that morning just to talk um And she gave me great advice with regards to my relationship, my marriage. She said, this could be the end and you're both going to, you know, go your separate way. You know, go your separate ways, obviously trying best to stay friends and raise the kids. But it could be the end or it could just be the beginning. And that kind of stuck with me. Um, So she was great. Uh, So Zoe is brilliant. And then recently I have been in contact with a wonderful lady called Gillian Dalgleish. Now you're going to be hearing a bit more about Gillian later. Um, We have been doing some work together and I 
asked Gillian if she would come on the stage and share. So Gillian is a fully qualified therapist and coach specialising in stress, anxiety and weight management. She also helps people with smoking, alcohol addiction, gambling, phobias like fear of flying, um, depression, relationship breakups, confidence, driving tests, exams, irrational fear. She has had so many amazing reviews from very very happy um, clients who've been you know have started that healing process and she is big on that kind of taking that decision to to heal and to do the the inner work which can be scary um, to go into that inner child state and yeah she's just got a range of toolkits so I thought Gillian would be fantastic on stage and she gave lots of amazing tips and I'll look forward to telling you more about um, the stuff I've been doing with Gillian behind the scenes it's really fascinating um, and I've been doing a lot of journaling and a lot of learning there's a part of me that is terrified of self-development and deep healing work because I I have the strong desire to stay grounded and um, I know when you can energetically make shifts and you feel like you're healing you you feel lighter and it's brilliant Um, but in the past you know just knowing when to stay connected with your body and for me not to out of body too much and just yeah stay grounded in the body as well as doing all this important work but I think that was one of the biggest life lessons for me to date was learning to stay grounded and have boundaries um and that's a process that I I, I've been thinking about a lot and sharing a lot about on the blog so yeah really excited to learn more from Gillian and to share her tips now too so I will share that chat guys share a talk and um, enjoy please get in touch mommyjojoblog at gmail.com I'll put both Zoe and Gillian's details in the show notes as well lots of love let's do it share this amazing live um, panel discussion we had at the festival and hope you get lots of takeaways we may even make some loud gorilla noises at the end just magic so be prepared for a lot of noise as we end the session and answer a couple of great questions as well um, that are relevant to us all so a quick shout out before that to space masks such a beautiful relaxing heated eye mask from the moment you open it, you will be invited on a journey of relaxation. There's detailed instructions in your box and you can just completely switch off from the world, place a space mask over your eyes, the loops around your ears, recline and enjoy. These masks are also scented um, with the likes of jasmine, calmile and rose. Um, and they're in a low concentration so you can enjoy the fragrance without irritating the skin I just think these are beautiful products if you want to relax if you want to um, have some real pamper time if you want to give gifts and um, you know if you've got trouble with headaches or or pain just take that time um, for your eyes and head to get a little bit of um, rejuvenation so a huge shout out to the lovely 
team at Space Masks for all the great work they're doing to help others with their wellness. down there. Um, well, thank you so much for coming to our Mojo session. We have set some intentions um, for the next, we're going to cram as much as we possibly can in to the next 40 minutes. And there'll be time for some questions at the end, so think of, if something we say, oh I want to ask about that, just have a wee think, otherwise I'll force you to ask questions. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just going to tell you the intentions, intentions I wrote down. Um, so there's lots of practical tips for you to take away because we all want practical things. I want us all to remember that we're not alone anything that we've you know, struggled with over the past couple of years because um, I want us to leave feeling fired up and ready to be more compassionate to ourselves and to, I mean I can't believe it's me, right? I feel like I'm just having my turkey, like what is happening? <laughs> so I want you guys to leave this session feeling fired up and ready to make the most out of 2022, the rest of it we have. So we'll just do a quick intro first. I am Jojo Fraser. I run the Mummy Jojo blog. I'm a wellness author and podcaster and speaker. And for about seven years now, I've been researching mental health and creating content around it. I'm absolutely obsessed with self-development. I guess the reason being my number one kind of measure of success is happiness, my happiness. So I always come back to that and I'm obsessed with learning more about happiness. And my lovely guests today share that passion. So I'll let them introduce themselves and then we'll get stuck in. So Zoe, do you want to kick off? Yeah, I'm Zoe. I run MacFit Edinburgh, which is an outdoor fitness company. But I would call myself a holistic health and wellness coach. I have different uh, parts of the business. Really what my intention is to inspire others to live a life that feels truly aligned uh, to their values and to feel healthy, happy and alive. Good, love it. Gillian? Hello everybody. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. I, I can hear myself. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm so thrilled to be here. Thank you, Jojo, for the invitation and for sharing the stage with you and, and Zoe. I'm a clinical hypnotherapist and mindset coach based in Stockbridge in Edinburgh. And I work a little differently from other hypnotists because um, our body holds memories, not just uh, our minds. And so um, I work by speaking directly to people's subconscious mind, um, mentally, physically, physiologically, psychologically, emotionally, biologically, neurochemically, energetically, spiritually, the whole essence of my clients. And I help people to remove blocks, to change their mindset, and then with using the hypnotherapy, we can seal it in. So my mission is to inspire others and also to awaken the inner alchemy that we all have, the mind magic, and to connect people with their ability for self-healing, because we've all got that ability, and the ability to um, help others as well, heal others. So thank you for listening and being here today, and I look forward to sharing more with you. Lovely. So I thought we could kick off. I love the word mojo because it rhymes with my name, Jojo, so it's quite handy. But actually, 
what the word means to us, because it might mean different things. You guys might think of Austin Powers, having a high sex drive or whatever, <laughs> but there's a lot more to it. So when I think of the word mojo, and I get asked this question a lot, and it's, it's kind of changed a bit over the past seven years, but now I would say it's very much being present in the moment. So the times that I'm actually out of my head and in this place that just doesn't overthink, it's not critical, it's kind. So when I'm singing, when I'm dancing, when I'm laughing, when I'm in cold water, when I'm just being kind to myself. Um, so that's what mojo means to me. And I'd love you to think about that word throughout the session and um, think about how you can kind of access that little place within you. Zoe. So I think the word mojo to me is similar to you. It is about living presently and in the moment, but also um, to, oh God, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I, was, I was listening to you like, I don't know what I'm going to say. Thank you. So when I'm in my flow and when I'm living a life that feels really meaningful and purposeful and that I am um, doing the things that I love and doing the things that bring me joy. So that is what mojo means to me. For me, it's very much reconnecting with my, my true inner self. And over lockdown, um, a pattern that I found in my clients is that we've been stuck within ourselves for company. And so, uh, where previously we had distractions like work or the gym or shopping or socialising, we didn't have them anymore and we got stuck with ourselves. And that meant that we had um, very little distraction to prevent us from connecting with the parts of ourselves that we don't actually particularly like, or that bother us, or they're habitual. And a lot of people have got stuck in that mode, even although we're coming out of ourselves now, um, they're still stuck with a lot of negativity. So a lot of my clients come to me because of anxiety, uh, weight management, alcohol, smoking, things that have got stuck very much so in, uh, in lockdown. And um, a tool that I um, advocate for helping to restore our well-being is ritual and routine. Um, right now, in our lives, even though we're getting really kind of back to being out there again, there's a lot of uncertainty and there's a lot of chaos and unpredictability in the world. And we respond to that with fear because the brain is always looking for patterns, some way of uh, forming a pattern, a routine that seems like the, 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 it can be dependable and consistent. And we don't have a lot of that going for us. There's so many things like you know the, the fuel, the, the price rises, etc. So by starting your day with a ritual, a routine, what you're doing is you're convincing the mind of routine, ritual, predictability, safety, consistency, and flow. And rituals have been, you know, they've been clinically tested in that somebody could be measured for anxiety. I don't quite know how we do that. But then they perform a ritual, whether it's a religious ritual or something else. And once they've done that, and have had that focus, they're an awful lot less anxious. So your ritual, your morning ritual, could be 
Um, it could be exercise, it could be journaling, it could be meditating, whatever's going to work for you. And but one little tip that I'll give you is going outside within half an hour of when you're waking up for just 10 minutes or so. It could be just stepping out into the garden, putting your head out the window for 10 minutes, walking the dog. But by doing that, there's a link with your circadian rhythms and you're likely to sleep an awful lot better in the nighttime because you went outside and you um, met with a different pressure, different atmosphere, different conditions. Because um, you stepped outside for 10 minutes or so, once you, soon after you got up, you'll sleep better. And that in itself is very, very good for helping us with anxiety. You know, if you feel you've had a good night's sleep, you can take on the world. So, um, the other thing too is, and I, I'm getting to the stage where I've forgotten what I was going to say next. <laughs> so I'll, I'll end there and, and without hogging the stage. You can, no, you can think about it. We've got plenty of time. I like to be productive. I'll be fitting these tips in. One of the things for me that I found helped me to get my mojo in the lockdown period and still now when you've got all this anxiety and this pressure in your head um, from what the heck just happened over the past couple of years is being in the cold water, um, whether that's a cold shower, a cold plunge. I've got one of those blow-up things in my garden. It looks doesn't look that pretty, but the Scandinavian one was like £12,000. I am not prepared to spend that. Um, but it does the job, it's functional. I get in there and if I, you know, I'm feeling like critical of myself, my mind's noisy, um, I'm worrying about anything or I just feel overwhelmed, like I'm spinning plates. I get in that cold water and it's like that mojo state again because I'm there, I'm present, I come out of my head, I come into my body and I just go, oh. And then I get out and I'm like, woo! And I felt like in lockdown when it was quite boring and if life can start to feel mundane, going out to a reservoir or going out in the garden in this cold blow up thing I've got was just, it gave me a bit of fun. It didn't cost anything because bills are going up, right? So I want to cut costs a bit, but it gave me that buzz, that natural buzz and it helped to awaken something in me. And I still swear by it now. I didn't get in this morning, I wanted to, but just getting in whenever I can um, and not beating yourself up either obviously if you've had a day where you've not really, you know, you, you're in that critical mode and you find it hard to get out, you find it hard to exercise, get in cold water, do things you know that are good for you. It's, it's having that self-compassion as well and going, today wasn't the best day, but it's fine, tomorrow maybe I'll stay in an extra few minutes and be kind. What, what are your thoughts with that? So we're waking it up. Waking up that mojo. Waking up that mojo. Well, I also love cold water swimming, and it was something I started doing in lockdown. And so, I think for me, when we went into the lockdown, I went into survival mode, like probably many of us did. Um, I was running my own business, which was outdoors. Um, I was, um, I am a single parent to two girls, and only person bringing in any money and I was panicking like what am I going to do and I every single day so when you talk about routine and rituals every single day I would get up in the morning I would get up I mean we had beautiful weather which made some you know, took some of the the um, trauma away <laughs> um, and I started by writing out I would write down everything that I was grateful for. So that would be my top tip. And I do that every day. Some writing down what I feel grateful for in that moment. Now, I was writing down, I'm grateful for the internet because I was able to take my business online. 
I was grateful for the sunrise, how beautiful it was. I was grateful for the food that I was able to provide for myself and my family. You know, so I was really breaking it down. It wasn't the big things, it was all the small things. Um, and I was able to connect with nature every single day. Um, I was grateful for that. And I did it as well. I was able to get outside. Um, I wrote down what my values were. I connected to what my values were and wrote them down every single day so that I could try and align my day to most of the five values that kind of change slightly um, depending where I am in my life. But I would write those down and try and align my day to the values that I have. And that was probably, the, that's what kept me feeling really grounded. And it was really important to me to, to do the things that made me feel grounded, made me feel connected, um, and to do them on uh, because I was on my own with the kids, so I didn't have another adult, I'm sure there's other people there. So, uh, you know, it's really important for me to, to connect in any way I could, and if it was online, it was online. Um, and I was teaching a lot of classes as well, so that kept me moving. And I would have like 50 little 50 boxes on my screen, people jumping about, joining me in my antics as well. Um, and I decided during lockdown that because one of my values is adventure, and freedom and so I put those together and I started doing things that felt adventurous and um, new to me so cold water swimming was one of them. I don't do it as much but I'm now I'm going to ask you about your thing in your garden. Oh, because I've I seen it on your story. I should be on commission, I'm not by the way. Because I don't live close, <laughs> if, I was lived, if I lived close to the sea, I would yeah. go every day. Yeah, but it's amazing because the first time I did the cold water stuff, it was February 2019 was my official one. And a photographer came along to capture it, Anna Deacon, and um, she got this incredible photo. And it looked like I was so happy, but I was traumatised. <laughs> I jumped in and I was like... <gasps> and, I mean, starting it in February is probably a little bit crazy, but if you start it now and the water's, you know, it's 10 degrees the other week, that's pretty tropical for Scotland. So now is a brilliant time and it's just building up. I still find it hard and this is fast forward in a few years but it's just with a bit of consistency so keep going and even though your mind's going why do you want to do this, why do you want to do this because I know I'm going to feel amazing just think it's like going for a run when I was training for my marathon a few years ago I would just say to myself why do you want to do this think of how good you're going to feel after Think, just keep that in mind it can be so so hard but it's just always reminding yourself and that's why mantras and a lot of therapists are talking about you know mantras and how they're so powerful just to pick one or two mantras we can speak about what ours are or good ones we've used i know you've got a good one um but having one just to keep sort of almost brainwashing yourself this is what i need to do jillian what do you feel are the key barriers you know i i asked on instagram what people have struggled with most over the past couple of years and it was things like weight gain from comfort eating eating was fun right it was a form of entertainment Perhaps you're at home with the kids, so you're baking more. And um, lots of people struggled with alcohol. Alcohol sales went up so much. Again, form of entertainment. People struggling with the boundaries at work, being on the laptop, laptop too much, burnout, loneliness. There was so many things, and loneliness is actually the theme for Mental Health Week next week. What do you feel? Obviously, lots of people come and see you with these issues. 
what are the key barriers for for people who are really wanting to be happy and, and get out of these kind of habits? And what advice would you have if someone's struggling with something right now? Um, yeah, well, following on from what you're saying, routine. Routine, um, I can't underestimate the, the power of routine. Repetition. Um, when we commit to some sort of routine, ritual, whatever, then what we're doing is we're investing time and thought and consideration in ourselves because we are deciding, setting an intention of this is how I want the tone of my day to go, starting from now, and these are the sorts of things that I want to do on a repetitive basis. The, the brain uh, learns through repetition, and um, so like when we were at school, we learned our, our times tables by rote. So I can tell you now, six nines, uh, 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 <laughs> six sixes, thirty-six. That's what I was about. I do have the answer. I just thought I'd add a little thing in there to get you all laughing. <laughs> anyway, yeah. But ask me the dates of Henry VIII's reign. I did remember. I did learn that, but I can't remember it because I didn't learn it by rote. So your brain's always looking for patterns and. Um, if you feed it negative, it will give you more of the same. So it's very important to guard our thoughts. And first of all, of course, to be aware of our self-talk. Self-talk is key, because what we tell ourselves, that's what we'll become. And politicians, behavioral psychologists, advertisers, they all know the power of repetition. If we hear something often enough, we'll believe it, even if we know it's not true. And I know that sounds crazy, but that's how it is. The brain, if it hears something often enough, it'll believe it. And at a subconscious level, if you're thinking something over and over, whether it's positive or negative, it believes that's what Gillian wants to think because she keeps thinking that way. So you'll get more of it. And our human condition is such that um, when we've got a problem, such as the sorts of things that you mentioned <coughs> we experienced in the lockdown, we tend to put our focus there. We tend to keep thinking, oh, I wish I wasn't thinking that, or I wish I wasn't doing that, or I wish I was this, or I wish I was that. And staying in that, rather than being solution-focused. So when we are giving our attention to, uh, in a negative way to something, we will get more of it. So it is a case of recognizing that, and then changing um, how we are speaking to ourselves. So to give you a little example, a lot of you may know this, but if I say to you, don't think about a red balloon, what are you all thinking about? <laughs> don't think about the Eiffel Tower. You're all seeing the Eiffel Tower. Because the, the brain, the, the, the mind, it cannot really process in most instances don't, not, and no, the negatives. It simply doesn't hear it. So if you're saying to yourself, I don't want to be stressed, what your subconscious mind is hearing is, I want to be stressed, which is the very opposite of what you're wanting. So the trick, the key, is to change it to something that you do want. Like, and not even putting it into the, the want, because want is a, an implying that you don't have it yet. I am calm, I am composed, I am at peace. 
And if you repeat that, going back to the affirmations, that's what you'll get. But if you don't believe that you are calm and you are composed and you are at peace, then you can add a little bit in there which says, I am in the process of becoming calm. I am learning to become calm because that's true. And you may not be calm right now, but you have the capacity to be calm. So you can use your um, language like that. Rather than focusing on what you don't want, recognizing what you don't want, and then changing the language that you're using towards yourself so that you establish a repetition of what you do want. And by repeating it, by repeating these affirmations, you are coding and you're programming yourself positively and raising your, your well-being, your, your resilience, your, your equilibrium, if you like. One other thing about routine when it comes to managing anxiety uh, goes back to sleep. So one of the things I forgot earlier. Um, if you can always get up at the same time and always go to bed at the same time to go to sleep, even at the weekends, then <laughs> you're establishing this routine, you're establishing this rhythm, and again, that helps with the circadian rhythms, which will enable you to have much more of a sound sleep. And um, going back to your gratitude uh, in the morning, it's a good idea to do that at night as well. So a lot of us, um, we take what's happened in the day to bed with us and often to sleep with us. And that influences our, our dreams. The, the last, in the last 20 minutes of your waking day, what you think of will influence your dreams. So if you can take a bit of time before you put your light off and say, think of three things that I'm grateful for that happened to me today, First of all, you've got to rethink and think, well, what are they, what are they? You may even come up with more than three things. But you might like to have that gratitude journal at night and just jot them down. Put a date, put a date. Put your three things. Sometimes there'll be more than three things. And then write thank you. And then put your pen down. And then read the first one and say thank you. The second one, thank you. The third one, thank you. Woo, you are raising your vibrational frequency before you go to sleep. You're programming yourself for a lovely, mellow ex experience when you go to sleep. And um, the gratitude journal also has another effect in that it's cumulative, right? So on the days where you're feeling a bit low um, and you feel, I can't get out of the rut, you can go and take your gratitude journal and start rereading it. And I promise you this, there'll be things that you have written down that if you hadn't written them down, you'd have forgotten. And they are most elevating. They're lovely to see. And it raises our spirits and it gives us a different perspective on life and helps along the way to restore our mojo. That's just a wonderful tip. Well, there was a few in there, actually. Well, there was plenty. <laughs> this is actually my gratitude journal. Um, we got a spare diary, and I was like, how am I going to use this? Oh, I'll do my gratitude journal. And the other day, we had a stinker of a day. You know when everything is like, no, 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 no. It was bank holiday. We're trying to take the kids to see some flumes. We tried a few different season flumes. Rides on some flumes. I love a water slide. Wakes up the mojo. And uh, reminds me of my childhood, that wee inner child. Anyway, all the pools were closed. 
and uh, we finally got somewhere, but it was a three-hour wait. All the restaurants were crammed. We were hungry, trying to have kids, like, keep them entertained when they're properly hangry. It was just like, oh, it is still getting worse, you know. We finally got a Greg's. I don't even like Greg's. Sorry, Greg's. Um, stood in a 45-minute queue for a sausage roll I didn't even want. Anyway, I was like, right, be positive, because I could see the kids. They're like sponges, and they're picking it up. They're like, Mummy Jojo, you meant to be the positive blogging. And I'm like, ah. Anyway, then we got to, finally got to our water slides and we went to get the locker closed and it was 50p and I thought, I don't have the 50p, and some lovely lady came and said, there's the 50p and I went, really, really? And she's like, it's 50p and I was like, oh, you don't know what that means because it's been such a stressful day. Just a small act of kindness giving me 50p made our afternoon. So when I got to the gratitude journal, I was like, the lady who gave us the 50p. Some days it's the case of just clinging on for dear life to any little act of kindness or any small thing when the mind wants to desperately cling on to the negatives from your day. And that's really, really helped me over the past couple of years. It's been a godsend. So what about you? And I know you've got a good mantra you were speaking about in the green room. So, I just wanted to add to that. There's a, um, a quote that says, not every day is good, but there is good in every day. Yeah. Um, and I think what you were talking about there, it's like, this is just a, it's a terrible day. It's not a terrible day. It's just a day with some challenging <laughs> things happening. Um, so my mantra last week, <clears throat> my youngest daughter, who's 14, um, has some challenges at the moment. Uh, going to school is the number one challenge. And last week, uh, this, is, this has been an ongoing challenge since the pandemic, and um, she has missed a lot of school. And I have kind of enabled that and I've become very aware of, of, of how I've been enabling that. So, it, you know, I'm just like, like this, you know, we've been working together and doing some, making some changes to that. And I had set some boundaries, very clear but loving boundaries, that she was going to school all of last week. She, she only has, goes to school three days a week. She does another course because of this, two days a week. And I, had, I mean, I had to pay her to go to school. So she was getting a, a reward at the end and she was getting um, paid per lesson <laughs> to um, encourage her as an incentive. And the Monday morning, I mean, this was, I could feel the anxiety rising and thank God, how are we gonna manage this? In the morning, trying to get her up as a, as a challenge. And so uh, having done my meditation in the morning, the mantra that came out of that was I respond to stress with calm and ease. So that was my mantra for the week and on the Monday morning it was going, it was fine, it was good, you know, and I just kept repeating it to myself, even with her kind of not getting up and, um, and kind of starting the it's a pattern that's been going on. So I was just in my kitchen. I respond to stress with cameras. By Wednesday, I was standing in my kitchen going, I respond to stress with cameras. <laughs> and I was having this conversation with myself. I'm like, why have you given yourself this mantra when you just want to get angry? And they're like, right, okay, but you have given yourself the mantra. I mean, if, I'd, if somebody was watching me have this conversation, I was, it was like two sides, you know, I was kind of... Oh, I want to get angry. I'm like, no, I respond. So, 
Um, so it did work, and if I hadn't have had that, I probably would have fed into what was going on and um, maybe reacted rather than responded. So yeah, I do believe in mantras. Yeah. Um, Amazing. Yeah, so I want you to all think about a mantra you would like to take in. And you can adapt them, you can get creative with them every week, right? Um, I think a massive thing now is compassion-based therapy. It's something I've been researching for a few years. I actually interviewed um, Paul Gilbert, who is here. Is it tomorrow he's here in the Compassionate Lounge? And he's got this brilliant model, and it's all about... um, so the mind, we have this anxiety, if you think about it, you've got this little red, our emotional regula- regulation system. So you've got the red, the anxiety, stress, so you get that when you watch the news, you know, you get all this cortisol, and then you've got the blue zone, which is when we're really the dopamine, and we were really like pushing, pushing and pushing. We all need a little bit of anxiety to stay alive, we all need a bit of dopamine to get out of bed, to brush our hair, to achieve our goals, to turn up today. But it's the green stuff, the oxytocin, that we're really missing. And that's the stuff that we get from, you know, hugs, stroking a pet, meditation, being out in nature. And I always thought of that as sustainability of the mind, that colour green, I thought it was great. Um, And I always come back to that model if I feel like the anxiety levels are firing up or I've got too much dopamine and I'm spinning too many plates trying to achieve. And I think, oh, we need a wee bit of oxytocin. And I actually have this thing with my brother we need to hug because apparently it's well there's a debate some say 20 seconds some say 25 you need to hold a hug actually feels quite awkward hugging someone that long we're not really bothered to hug people that long it's you know stingy huggers and you're like so when my brother comes in he'll like look at me and he'll go is it 20 or 25 seconds today and i'm like come here and then even i'm a bit like all right oh it's been 15 seconds takes a bit of practice, but then we say, oh, I think we've held it long enough to get our oxytocin, right? So that's kind of stuck. So that really helped me. I really wanted to ask you guys how you are, or the days that you are more self-compassionate to yourself, what tips, what do you do to try and cultivate more compassion and oxytocin? (laughs) Well, you can produce the oxytocin yourself as well. Uh, apart from a good deed or um, buying it forward for somebody or buying something in the food bank and the, for, for the food bank in the supermarket and those types of things, the other thing is if you do that, havening, havening, yeah. yeah, or even just rubbing here, but that, if you just rub your arms up and down like that, it's havening, and you will be releasing the oxytocin mm-hmm. in yourself. And when you release the oxytocin, the feel-good chemical, the cuddle chemical, the happy hormone, then what you're actually doing physiologically is you are lowering your heart rate, you are lowering your blood pressure, you are breathing differently, so you put more oxygen into your your blood, and uh, expanding it will go all through your system. You're relaxing yourself by simply doing something like that. Now I'm going to give you another little mindful technique. And um, what I'm going to ask you to do is just breathe, and just breathe normally for 60 seconds, and I'm going to time you. And I want you to count your breaths. Now, one breath is in and out, okay? That's one breath. 
So for 60 seconds, just count how many breaths you take. There's no right or wrong answers here. It's just a little exercise that once you've done that, I'll, I'll, I'll show you what it's all about. So I've got my stop. Have you got a stopwatch? Or yeah. shall I just get mine from my phone. So in through our nose and out through our mouth. Yeah, in through your nose and out through your mouth. Phone's being a little bit temperamental. I can put it on This is a treat because how often yeah. do we get a minute just to put yeah. it on in line? Yeah. I'll put my on Okay, so um, Zoe's going to time you, thankfully. Um, so, starting now. Now, just breathe and count how many breaths you take for 60 seconds in your nose or out your nose, in your nose, out your mouth. Just normal breaths. And you tell us. Um, so we've when we've got 60 seconds. busy but if we don't have a minute for ourselves we need to we need two minutes at least to do that do you know, we need to double it you see the busier you are the more you need it even when it feels impossible right and I would agree with you that's a tool that I use with my clients as well is breathing and it is the most powerful tool that we have to anchor ourselves and to regulate our nervous system is through our, our breath and you can, anybody can take that time. And the reason I only took six is because I've practiced yes. this a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and they say that the average breaths per minute is about 18, I think, per minute, um, if you're not thinking about it. So if you can just take that minute to slow everything down. Um, my kids actually ask me often, I've done it for the last four years, I will just stop what I'm doing or carry on what I'm doing but take slow breath. And they're like, what have we done wrong? Because they know that I would use it to just bring myself down from whatever chaos is going on around me. So it is a great and very powerful. Oh, very yeah. powerful. Yeah, it's yeah. just getting the reminder and the encouragement to do it and that's so practical. It's something we can all 
And I wanted to ask, and I want to leave a wee bit space for some questions, but in terms of biggest lessons what, in, in your career and all the work you do and the people you meet, is there any kind of standout takeaways or something you'd like to share with our lovely audience? To do the daily work, so like the routines, but to do the daily things that bring you joy, to really connect to what your values are and to try and align your actions with your values as much as you can. Um, and for me, it's things like connecting with nature, it's movement, it's meditation, it's breath work, it is gratitude and it is showing yourself self-compassion and to do these things on repeat so that they become your habits so that when things become chaos or situations arise that you have no control over, you have got the tools and you have got a number of tools within your toolkit to help you to respond and not to react. Not all of the time because we are only human, right? But the more things that you do like this every single day, the more, the easier that is going to feel um, when the situations, um, when you're in that fight or flight is really um, what I'm trying to say. So the more you do, the daily work um, is what helps. Starts to add up, doesn't it? Starts to add up and that's what becomes the habit. You think about it, you know, before you ever drove a car, putting a seatbelt on was not a habit and you learn that through repetition. Doing these things that work for you and also being authentic to yourself so you know we can sit here and give you all the tools take what works for you you know because some things you might think oh this isn't actually working despite really giving it a go then find you know don't think of that as well I just can't do that what could I change about that that would work for me and fit into my, my life yeah it's about staying kind of curious for me and open-minded even if someone doesn't feel like you know I'm not sure about that giving it a try because you really never know like that day with the cold water, there's been days I've tried something. I started singing lessons recently and I was like, oh, so nervous, but I've always wanted to do it. I love singing. I sing all the time. Rocked up. Brilliant. I came out absolutely buzzing. I was like singing all the time. My mum was like, be quiet. I went to visit her. Joanne. She calls me Joanne. That's why I don't That's why I prefer Joanne. Um, but just trying things, you know, putting yourself out there. But that takes practice, definitely. What about you, Gillian? Um, for me, it's self-talk, because um, usually we have um, a narrative for other people that, you know, if they've got a problem or, say for example, weight, somebody comes to you and says, oh, do you know what, I know I'm overweight, and, uh, but today or yesterday I've binged, I, I just ate this, I ate that, and I know I shouldn't have, but I did it anyway, I couldn't help it, I just did it. Um, I think you would turn around to that person and say, what? Ooh, oh, I'm so disappointed in you. Oh, what again? Oh, that's rubbish. Oh my goodness, why don't you just go and have more because you're clearly not able to do this. You wouldn't say that to somebody. But, and the reason you wouldn't say it is because it would diminish them and it also it would affect your relationship with them. But for ourselves, for example, people that are in the process of reducing their weight and shape, we could have a day where we binge or we unhealthy or whatever, but normally, uh, well for most of us, our secret in our narrative is just what I said. Oh, I should have done that. Oh, I can't do this. Oh, I'm a fat pig. Oh, I'm useless. This is too big for me. And that is diminishing us and it's affecting our relationship with ourselves very, very negatively. So that's just an example. 
But what I've learned, well, certainly for running my own business, which can be precarious at times, especially through COVID, was relying on my own self-talk, my own inner narrative. Um, I, you mentioned journaling. I also journal and I often find it very helpful to go back, you know, in, in sticky times, go back and see something happened like that before. What was I doing this time last year? And finding out if there's any sort of insights that, and often there's a, a gem, a golden nugget that I'll pick up. But the, the self-talk, how we speak to ourselves, the key is when you hear how you're speaking to yourself, if you think, would I say this to somebody else? And the answer is no, because it would diminish them and affect our relationship, then it's a wrong type of talk for yourself as well. And you need to turn the self-talk into the caring, supportive talk that you would give naturally to others. That is really key in program programming ourselves for well-being and um, equilibrium. So that would be my um, a big tip. Big tip. Wow. I'm going to be taking all these down. You know what's up. Does anyone have any questions? Now is your time for some free therapy. <laughs> you can say it's for a friend as well. Anyone? How do you ladies deal with imposter syndrome? How do you coax yourself out into believing in yourself that you can do what this can achieve? How do you. Who wants to? I think the more that you step outside of your comfort zone, the more that you are reaffirming to yourself that you can do something. And I think I would be. Uh, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I think everybody experiences imposter syndrome. Um, and for definitely for me, I find I just have to push past that place. Okay, you know, I know that this maybe doesn't feel right. I don't feel like I've really got a place to be here, but I just know I've got to go and do it. So it's that, you know, you're creating that trust within yourself and stepping out. And, and also bringing it back to feeling great. I'm really grateful for the things that I can do. I'm going to try this. I'm going to go for it, and you know, to learn from failure as well. You know, there's there's always learning to be had. So that's what I would. I think our imagination can be worse than reality. So you think, oh, I can't go to that because, like, think, take the singing lesson example. He's going to be like, who do you think you are, the next Whitney or something, love? And I'm like, no, I just enjoy singing, and I would like to have always wanted to learn it. And I'm playing it out in my head, and of course I get there, and he's lovely, and he's like, oh, well done you for, you know. So it's just reminding yourself, oh, it's almost like seeing the mind as a wee pal and being like, look, calm down now, there, love, you know. <laughs> And just sort of making friends with that. I know you're just trying to keep me safe, but actually, maybe if I give it a try, maybe my imagination is just firing up to try and keep me safe. Can I, can I just add, I actually have imposter syndrome being here today. So, I, I mean, genuinely. Yes, but I, you know, I was invited, I had to remind myself, I was invited along, so there's a reason for that, that it, you know, it did come up. So it shows that it, it's. Um, and you'll be really thankful now you'll be like yes because you've shared so much and you know you've yeah. definitely helped me I'm sure you've helped so many yeah. here so yeah. we just so. need to tell that mind to back off and for me I get it out of my head because in our head we have this grey suit of a lot of repetitive thoughts so I would um, get it out on a, on a sheet of black of, of paper or online <laughs> But I'd have to say, right, so what is the problem? Right? What is this thing that I have this imposter syndrome about? 
Um, and then start to question yourself. So why? And write it down. Um, what could I do that would, or what, do, what, do I, what could I do? What do I need in order to override this? Um, what experiences have I had in the past with this? Was it a failure? If it was, what happened? If I was successful, uh-huh, what happened? Um, because then you start to put a methodology to it and a pattern to it that is very, very difficult to do when it's in your head, floating around, and we forget things. The other thing, too, is that you have stress attached to the imposter syndrome because the brain is trying to remember all the things about why you've got imposter syndrome, why you shouldn't have imposter syndrome. Um, and when you take it out of that, the brain, and put it into a black and white uh, format in front of you, then you don't have that stress of, but I've forgotten this and I haven't thought of that and should have had this, right? And even if you're just throwing words at the page because you haven't got any sort of conscious methodology for it yet, You'll, as you reread them, you'll start to form a pattern and you'll start to see with a great deal of clarity what you can do, what you would uh, not, what you perhaps you resist doing, and get a plan going forward that's got an awful lot more authenticity to it. And the other thing too is, who can I speak to? Who can I bounce this off that might be able to give me an alternative point of view? Because you know, there's that thing, a problem halved, problem shared. Problem shared is a problem halved. So bouncing it off other people, then you're going to get a different perspective on it as well. And their take on whether they think you can do it. And also um, another thing that uh, I, I use is um, I've got this thing called the blossoming tree. And you can ask people that you're close to, um, give me three, three um, adjectives that you would use to describe me, and they can, uh, personally or professionally, and they'll give you things that you're probably not expecting, and then when you get them, it's like, whoa, that's lovely, right? <laughs> and then you actually make a tree, well, actually, I've got one, if anybody wants one, then look on my web, or get in touch with me on the website, and I'll send you a tree, and then you print it off, and there's all these leaves on the tree with you blossoming. And um, you can write into the leaves all these different adjectives that have been used to describe you. One kind, she framed it and she put it in her kitchen because she was so thrilled with the way that people actually thought about her. That that is a massive tool for imposter syndrome when you've got something like that, a visual that reflects back at you your magnificence, your 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 wonderfulness. So that that would be my answer as well, alongside all of this good stuff too. Brilliant. <laughs> I think we're almost out of time. Do we have time for one quick question? Or are we? Or are we are. Oh, right, just quite one thing. Okay, I just want to say thank you. You're all very inspiring, and that was great. Um, and also, um, in my own life, um, I work with young people, and with some of my friendships, um, a lot of people that I work with and friends, um, like, aren't able to start on any of that journey of like looking at themselves or doing sport or helping their health and well-being or getting a routine. Um, and I find it 
I find it difficult sometimes myself. I find it frustrating that they're not able to, um, and it really like sticks with me um, in my job. I like I really enjoy helping people, and it's I don't know, it's good for the soul, isn't it? it, it yeah, it's great. But when somebody's really stuck and not able to start any of that, um, do you have any tips of like how to even get somebody to the beginning of that? Can they breathe? Yeah, that's breathe. what I was going to say as well. Yeah, yeah. Breathe. everybody can breathe. Yeah. Everyone can and breathe. One minute of breathing, like yeah. you did there. There's another one, which is inner Tarzan. You'll see them all at your work, like that. Yeah. <laughs> that is stimulating the thymus gland, which is another way of um, creating all the feel-good endorphins through your system. Ah. And another one is um, pitching yourself here. Should all do it now. Do we all want to do it to end the session? It's just one other thing. Well, that's the R, but you don't have to use the R. But if you do it here, you go. myself so I want to say massive thanks to Zoe Gillian for joining me in the Mojo Injection today and I should have some Mojo Injection books downstairs not within my control the delivery driver was late he was meant to be here this morning apparently there's some on route so I should be down at the book stand um, soon if anyone wants a book um, and thank you for coming and uh, yeah be kind to yourselves and I'd love to, to keep in touch if there's anything useful today Drop us a message, a hashtag Mojo Injection. Let us know what you're doing to wake it up. And um, yeah, lots of love. Oh, a song for your playlist this week. I'm going to bring out an old classic. Um, I loved this song as a teenager. Baby Bird, You're Gorgeous. And I want you to think about loving that beautiful, beautiful person that you are. Um, and just, yeah, being kind to yourself and remembering that you deserve all the happiness, all the love in the world. Because you're gorgeous, I'd do anything for you. Because you're gorgeous. I know you get me through And I want you to sing that to yourself Obviously that song is about um, loving someone else But so often we're encouraged to love other people And put ourselves last So I want to encourage you and remind you To love yourself Because you are freaking gorgeous Inside and out as you are All the love